CFF presents 1% Better, a podcast about CrossFit, nutrition, coaching, mindset, and community. Join us as we embark in casual conversation to shed light on what life is like within these black and yellow walls. With episodes coming at you every Monday, you can follow along with Coach Whitney and Taryn as we talk shop about all things CFF. All right, episode 18. We're almost at 20. Are you dying to be 20% better? Did you think that back in March when we started this that we would get to episode 20? Yeah, did you? I don't know. I don't know if I had the confidence that we would stick it out this long. Can't decide if like that's rude of you to think that or... Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't have any expectations, I guess. Is that rude of me to say that? <laughs> okay, well, we're both rude, so let's meet halfway and yay, episode 18. Almost at 20. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about sort of like the difference between RX and scaled. Um, for those of us, or those of us, those of you that have been with us for a while uh, can think back to February and we introduced this thing called RX month which abruptly was shut down, obviously, when the gym closed after that. But then since we've reopened, it's something that has become a permanent part of our programming. And honestly, at the time while we were running it, I think it was like one of our first or second episodes where like, we got we to gotta record this RX month. Like, what was that all about and why we did that and yada, yada, yada. And we never did air it because, you know, we were doing so many more awesome things online and it just wasn't applicable anymore. But now that we are open again and the programming has continued and we're still running RX and scaled thought it'd be, you know, important to cover again, like why, why does our whiteboard look different than other CrossFit, what CrossFit's whiteboards, you know, other places you might go to or workouts you see online, yada, yada, yada. So might be my word of the day today. I think I've said that twice already. Yada, yada. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> um, so what, I don't want to say like, what did it used to look like, but for those people who are maybe newer to the gym or a few of them joined as we were making that transition in February, what would you say RX used to look like? Well, traditional CrossFit always has like load suggestions up on the board so it'll say like clean and jerk and in brackets, 65, 95, which implies that it's 65 pounds for the females, 95 for the males. And if you do the workout at that load and whatever other range or other movements at prescribed range of motions, like muscle ups, pull ups, et cetera, you know, you have, you have done that quote unquote as prescribed RX. And well, I mean, that's how we ran for 10 years. And, you know, that's just the way traditional CrossFit has always been. Um, but as our coaching developed and as our programming developed, we realized that it wasn't accomplishing what we needed it to do. So it was drawing away from the main principle that was put up on the whiteboard every day. So I I guess like all the focus was put on those parentheses rather than why are we here doing this and what am I trying to accomplish? Right. When we talk about like the intention or the intended stimulus of that workout that's written. Yeah. And I mean, that looks like the first, you know, three to five minutes of your hour when you're sitting there looking at the whiteboard and the coach is going, okay, here's the workout. This is how it works. This is sort of like the time domain we're wanting to work in. 
this is how long this movement should take. This is how long this movement should take. You know, something should feel like this or, you know, whatever, just the goals that the coach is outlining at the beginning of the hour, we found that when there was too much attention drawn to what loads were on the board, then the attention was drawn away from what those goals were and how we need to, you know, what do we need to do in order to get there? And why are those goals or the intention of the workout so important versus me just doing what's written on the board? Well, something I'm going to put on a t-shirt. Okay, go. I was going to say, can you guess it? Like, oh. I thought you were going to like interrupt me just because you can and doesn't, doesn't mean, mean you, you should, should. <laughs> you know, just because you can do thrusters and pull-ups in Fran, but you can only do one or two pull-ups at a time. And now your Fran is a 10 or a 12 minute Fran when that workout is supposed to be done in three to four minutes, you know, you're missing the intention of that workout. So just because you can do pull-ups doesn't mean that you should in that particular workout. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a time and place where you should do them. And just that, that isn't, um, for example, you know, and same thing if there was like a load up there that, <laughs> Like maybe it had like deadlifts at 225 and like, that's your one RM. Well, just because you can deadlift 225 doesn't mean you should do it 10 times in a workout for three rounds. And, you know, people just get so caught up in, oh, I, I got to hit that 60, 65, 95 that's up on the whiteboard. And then it just ends up looking like junk and you're doing singles. And this is supposed to be something super fast that you can do eight to 10 reps at a time unbroken, you know, that's not how we get better. And for, I, I think for a long time, and that's partly my fault, you know, as the one who was issuing the programming, the one that was guiding our, our staff, you know, and then the staff turn around and guide the individuals is just like, it, that isn't how we get better. Just trying to be able to do what's on the whiteboard, you know, whatever suggested loads or ranges of motion or et cetera, et cetera. It's like, we talk about this all the time that, again, I'm going to say it again, just because you can, doesn't mean you should that if I can do pull-ups and there are 21 on the board, I'm not going to get better at my pull-ups by slinging together one or two of them. But if I pull that skill back and I try and get 21 reps at a lesser difficulty level skill, or I pull the volume back and I still do pull-ups so mm -hmm. something more difficult, we build our capacity. And that's a word that throughout February we kept using and using and using. And I think the most prominent time that word came up was push-ups. I was just going to say push-ups. Anything yes. in the workout with push-ups. Mm -hmm. It's like, like, that's great that you can do two or three push-ups from the ground. Yeah. Awesome. Because there's a lot of people that can't even do that. Yeah. But yet, if I pull you back to something lesser skilled, maybe the band across your belly on the hooked up to the rig or the band around your elbows. And all of a sudden now you can do eight to 10 of them and they look high quality. You're improving your capacity and your strength. So that by the time we take that band away, your two to three reps that you previously could do changes into five to six. And like that's improvement. And we don't get to that five to six. If I keep slugging away at two to three ugly looking pushups, just because I want to do them from the floor. Cause I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I'm all heated. Yeah. Just, I'm super passionate about this stuff because like, especially when it comes to programming things, it's just, there's so much science behind it. And there's so many layers of the onion that people on the outside don't see. They don't understand. And that's partly why you come here is so that the coaches can guide you, like leave your trust in the coach because that's, that's our job. 
I was going to say, like, what gets written on the whiteboard, whether it's you doing the programming or if it's coming, like, directly from CrossFit, it's not just a bunch of moves put together for the sake of being put together. Like, when they are written out, there is a reason and a why and a what and kind of how this should feel and look. And we are scaling and modifying what each athlete does so that they can meet those marks. Yeah, like, it's always had that, oh, CrossFit's so randomized. It's always something different. But Yes, yeah, but no. <laughs> they're, it's only seen like that from the outside because what is the alternative? Doing five by fives in the gym, something that's structured and boring and whatever. And like you see the whole start to finish from there. Yep. But because CrossFit is all about the black box, like you coming in and not knowing what's ahead of you doesn't mean that the people who are responsible for writing that programming didn't have Don't a know. rhyme yeah. and reason for the way that things are put together. Yeah. Um, so what do you think the most important thing is when I'm looking to scale or modify a workout in terms of what if I'm an athlete, like I'm coming in and I, what, what do I need to do to help make sure that I'm achieving the RX goal that's being put out there by the coach? Listen, <laughs> that be another teacher. I'm like, are you, are you setting me up? With no, this I'm question? not. I'm just, <laughs> I, I'm just asking. And I, I, and that kind of brings me back to like that first three to five minute whiteboard brief at the beginning is that when the attention got so drawn away from, you know, what the coach was standing there saying, and the attention was then put on what was in parenthesis. Now the athletes are no longer listening to what the coach is actually saying, because all they see is that 65, 95 up on the board yeah. and they're in, sitting there thinking, can I do this? Should I, you know, they're not even thinking, should I do this? It's, can I do this? Yes, I can. Okay. And then I'm just going to build my plan based on that. And meanwhile, the coach is standing there telling you exactly how we're going to achieve whatever we need to do in order to make you hit this three minute workout mm -hmm. type of thing. And I think the more, I want to say like in the last couple months leading up to that change in February, we noticed that a lot more and we were like, hang on, this isn't making us better. Yeah. And that's why you come here, right? Because like, otherwise, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Why are we slugging away at this shit if it's not going to make us better? Oh, you were the first one to swear today. <laughs> I'm fired up. Shout out to Grant who told me that saying shit is not a swear word. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he listens. Um, oh, I had a good question. Shoot, and now I forget it. Oh, it wasn't a question. It was more of a statement. I think before um, the gym was shut down and it was made mandatory that people sign into class, this was also another reason why people signing up for class ahead of time was super important for us coaches because we could start thinking about plans for you as we head into that workout. Or I did, I did anyway. I don't know if I'm going to hope you did. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you kind of like look at that, your attendance list and start to get an idea of modifications you're going to help each person with just in case they needed that guidance because we do have very knowledgeable members and they they are learning how to make those choices for themselves but to kind of have that plan in place when before you come into class as a coach is always helpful okay let's come back to the knowledgeable part just okay. don't let me forget that part because as soon as you said that it just sparked up something else but okay. i gotta go one more I'll make a note. one like different direction you know, we talked about listening during the first three to five minutes of that whiteboard brief, but I think as well, the other part is 
within that whiteboard brief, we talk about what we're going to be doing in the warm up. Also, in like in regards when we get in more specific warm up, like when we're yeah. breaking down the movements, and when we talk about this is how we want you to load, like our loading rep scheme, yeah. like three sets of five, or, or and they need to be unbroken, etc. Those key points are really important because what you're doing right now in this next three to five minutes is determining your plan so mm-hmm. that you can achieve going back to that goal, whatever that goal was set out for. And so, okay, we leave you on your own to go and start loading your bar and you're playing around with these three sets of five unbroken. And that's our job as a coach now to walk around and make sure that, you know, you're performing the standards that we want to see. You've got good technique and movement, but then you're also accomplishing those things that we have set out for you specifically. The other part is too, then we're going to go and hit a practice round mm-hmm. and I'll be the first one to admit myself the other day in the group class was like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to do these reps. Yeah, you, and you definitely you, were vocal about that. You kind of like half-ass it, but at the same time too, you know, I know from the other side, those practice reps are really important because now you're putting it all together to make sure that the movements you've chosen, the loads you have chosen, etc., all will help you set you up for success to hit that intention that we have laid out for you. Yep. So that you're not getting mid-workout and going, oh crap, I made a big mistake. Yeah. 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 And if everything goes like it's supposed to, you know, and this, and we've said this in multiple classes throughout the day over the last couple of months, but if everything goes as it's supposed to, if everybody listens and picks the right stuff and hits that practice round and they're like, yeah, this is going to work. So at the end of when we say three, two, one time or whatever the workout is, everybody finishes within that two minute window and everybody has hit that, whatever the goal is, like if it's rounds or reps or load or whatever, right? Like they have hit whatever the coach had set out at the beginning of the hour. And when that happens, I don't know about you, but when that happens in my classes, like, and I send them off for a walk and I just turn around and I'm like, damn right. Like I just, that pumps me up, especially when it's a time workout and everybody finishes within that. Like there was that one day where we went, everybody was in like 90 seconds or everyone was in like 45 seconds of each other. It was unreal. And I think as a coach, you start to panic because you're like, I'm not going to be able to get everybody's time because they're (laughs) all going to finish like almost at the exact same time, which is super cool. And I also think it's cool where you can have one of our oldest members at like 65 and then you can have somebody who's a lot younger and can move heavier weights and they are finishing almost at the exact same time. And I think that's really cool. And that's the whole point though. Yeah. You know, and that means that we did our job, the athletes did our job and you have hit the intention for that day you know, your intention individually might be just to come in and move, but like our intention is to make you better, fitter, stronger, faster, whatever it is for that day. And so if everybody finishes it or, you know, whatever the parameters are, then, you know, we've done our job. So that's the best. What happens when we don't do our job? It's, and it's happened. (laughs) It has happened. You know what? It happened quite a few times in February and and that was frustrating for us. Very frustrating. Okay. Which is also going to bring me back to the knowledge of good segue, (laughs) unintended segue, but um, that was really frustrating for us as coaches because, you know, it's one thing to stand up at the front and be like, okay, this is how this workout is supposed to go. And then 50 minutes later, this workout is not going like that. And, you know, you have people that are now having to hit scaled when they punch in their results because 
they took our advice and our advice didn't pan out. And you know what? And I think I made a post on it in the, in the private group during this whole thing in February when it did happen, it was like, it's a learning experience for us too. You know, sometimes when I write the programming and I write the intention, things are playing out differently in my mind. Yeah. I might've had a glass of wine or two. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Are you kidding? <laughs> things, things play out a little bit differently in my mind. And then you come in and coach them and you're like, Oh, that wasn't supposed to go like that. And that's fine. We make adjustments as we go, you know, so that by the, the end of the day, we're now hitting it. Right. And that's what we would see. You know, yeah. unfortunately the six and the seven AMs or the nine AMs would have the, you know, the, the test the shit under the stick for lack of better (laughs) words because they would be the guinea pigs at the beginning of the day for some of those workouts that you know you're sure but you're not quite sure you're taking an estimated guess right and um at the end of the day though they still got a workout in it's not the be all exactly but it's not like it's every day it it just shows that we're human too and we make mistakes and we're learning too on the fly yeah just like you're learning too which that brings me back is that People, you know, we're standing there giving you the goals or during the specific warm up when we send you off to load and like the blank stares that would ensue. It's just like, well, I don't know what to put on my bar. Yeah. I don't know what movement I should do. I don't know what rep scheme I should pick. And that's the beauty of it, though. Like that, as much as as much as that can be frustrating, it, it's the learning part of it that keeps this interesting. Yeah. Like, where is the learning part in five by fives? Like nothing. You're just a robot. You just go through and you follow some percentages and X, Y, Z ends up at the end of the six weeks and you hit a new RM and good thing. Good for you. But like you get to learn about yourself right now Mm -hmm. and where else do you get an opportunity like that? And so what if you load the wrong thing on your bar and the practice round goes like it's supposed to, but somewhere in the middle of the workout fatigue kicks in a little more than you expected and you end up missing the goal and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like learning experience, chalk it up. I think it's been cool to some of our more seasoned athletes are starting to make those choices on their own. They'll come to me and they'll say, Hey, I'm going to modify the reps for pull-ups. I think I'm going to do five. And it's like, perfect. Great choice. And I love that. I love when they come to you with their solution and they're just checking in to make sure that they've made the right choice. And nine times out of 10, they have. And I I distinctly remember during February, there was a workout. It was, um, I think it was four or six rounds. It had 15 toes to bar. Oh yeah. 20 uh dumbbell snatches and 25 double unders. Yep. Or something like yep. that. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this workout. And I did at eight o'clock when yep. I was done coaching. Now, like I'm a seasoned athlete, right? Mm-hmm. 15 toes to bar for me, not a big deal. But I knew that to hit the time goal for that workout, I can't remember if it was an AMRAP or if it was rounds, but whatever, to hit the goal that we had laid out as coaches, I couldn't sustain 15 reps. So I pulled that 15 back to like eight, I think I did. And I did 4.4 every time I went. I did four, I turned around, did four. And I used a 25 pound dumbbell when I very well could have used 35 or 50 on any given day. But I was like, nope, my back is going to be sore after this because this is a bad movement for me. So I'm just going to pull it back and I'm going to be fast on this part and skipping whatever, like skipping Mm -hmm. is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I remember hitting this workout and finishing it like perfectly smack dab in the middle. 
and putting my results up on the thing being like, you know what? I did this many toes to bar and 25 on my dumbbell. And then you see other people coming through in the middle of the day. And like some people are trying to slug away at 15 and some people are trying to slug away at a heavier dumbbell just because you can doesn't mean you should like, yes, I can do 15 toes to bar. Yes, I can do a heavier dumbbell, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean I should for this particular workout. So that these principles apply to you, no matter how beginner or advanced you are. And I, it's almost more challenging, I'd say for the more advanced people, but when you can stop and take that honest look at yourself and you know, it's, it's probably those people that know the least amount about themselves mm-hmm. because they're so used to just looking at the whiteboard, seeing toast bar, seeing a 35, 50 dumbbell up on there, yeah. seeing double unders and being like, okay, I can do all of those things. So I'm going to do it. And now this seven minute workout now took you 25 minutes because you tried to slug, slug through 45 toes to bar and your hands are torn to shit. Like, what did you really accomplish in that day? Yeah. Did you really get better at toes to bar? Cause you slugged through 45 and now your hands look like, mm-hmm. <laughs> say it again, do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a really frustrating day for me. And that one particularly stuck out in my mind. And I don't want to say that I did that workout to prove a statement or whatever to prove it. But like, it's, it's just like, it doesn't matter how seasoned you are. You probably know even more, even less about yourself than somebody who's walking in here as a beginner Mm -hmm. because you've been a robot doing what's on the whiteboard. But I think if you're open-minded and accepting of the way, I don't want to say the way things are now because we've been doing this for a while now, but in the way that we're challenging you now. Yeah. And, and, and listening and trusting the coaches, then yeah, you're going to become that knowledgeable athlete. Yeah. Which like, is cool. Any monkey can read a whiteboard. Was this truth? <laughs> Anybody can read the whiteboard. Yeah. It takes a different level or a different type of person to truly stand there and be like, all right, I know I, know I can, but I, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Well, both as, as a coach and an athlete, right? Like, any coach oh, can okay. stand and read the hey. whiteboard. Oh, am I? Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm like, I'm, so here I am telling you about this story that like where I did something and pulled it back yeah. to prove the theory. But you know what? Last week, or is it last week? Last, last, last Friday. Oh, the when I was in, clean one in my Yeah, class? when I was in your class. Yeah. Here's the same thing. It goes the other way. Like seasoned athlete. What was it? It was 10 pull-ups and 10 med ball cleans. cleans. And here we are giving everybody grief about tearing their hands. As soon as you tear (laughs) in your hands, you're done. Get off the bar. And what I do, like you didn't listen. I didn't listen. And I went right through it and bled everywhere. And my hands are messed up for three days after. Mm -hmm. So it goes both ways. Like you know, some, some days I'm better at it and some days I'm not. So I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm oh holier than thee, but like, (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's the open-mindedness part. That is the key piece that is missing some of the times. Yeah. Well, and I, and you'll get more out of it if you come into class with that mindset. I think just at the end of the day, you have to remember that you're here to be coached, right? Like that's why you come here. Yeah. That's why you chose this place rather than going to a different style of gym where you could just go and do your own thing. Mm -hmm. Like our program is about the coaching and this is now another layer that we have added to our program to help you get better. 
Do you see a lot of, I guess, back when it used to be the weight was lifted on, written on the board, do you think people automatically, who like the people who could not do that weight, do you think they just automatically defaulted to the same weight over and yeah, over and we over saw again? that. And we now, that. now we're not, right? We saw that happening in February. People yeah. having like a revelation moment or whatever. Like, yeah. like I don't always have to use a 15 pound dumbbell. Like I can do 20 or I can use 10 and move faster, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think like, you know, whenever we put 65, 95 up on the board, for example, like people just automatically would go to an empty bar yeah. or 55 on the bar. Like, I don't know what the difference is between the tens and putting those extra little fives on there, but that was the thing that yeah. people just defaulted to only putting their, tens on their bar and it was comfortable yeah. for them. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we took that number off the whiteboard and now people are working at think at places where they normally would not work. Mm -hmm. And I remember when it was happening in February and you and I were talking, we were just like, like, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, there's people in our 6am that for numerous years have always used the same bar and the same yeah. amount. And all of a sudden that had changed. And the best part, it was changing without them even noticing. Yeah. Or you can relate that to rowing too, right? It's also, like, again, just because you can doesn't mean you should, but there'd be people who would opt to row 500 meters, but they were consistently like the last ones off the rower all the time. But now they've listened and they've looked at hey, this should take you this amount of time and you should be able to sustain this pace. And now they're getting off the rower at the same time as everybody else because we've all made these correct choices. Yeah, and you know, that's another capacity conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think rowing, like, you know, people just think it's rowing. That I can row 500 because I can row 500. Yeah. And all of a sudden we say, okay, we need you to finish this in less than two minutes. And there are many who can't do that. I'd be scaling that. But I'm going to make you row 300 or 400 and I'm going to make you row it at a fast pace. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you get better at yeah. rowing a 500 meter faster, yeah. not continuously rowing 500 meters at a comfortable pace yeah. that takes you three minutes, yeah. you know, cause you don't have the capacity to row fast enough to make that 500 less than two minutes. Mm -hmm. That was a, probably an, another huge tripping point we found in February. Yeah. But that one also set off a huge number of light bulbs for, for people. And I enjoyed watching that one come around. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Um, obviously, because I love rowing and everything about rowing. But, like, that one truly demonstrated the capacity um, sort of principle that we've been talking about. Well, I think you can see it in wall balls, too. It's like, okay. Ooh, Karen. When Karen oh, came up, that was that such was a... That I set tough. I set everybody up for that one though. I specifically put her in there. around here to coach No, I wasn't, <laughs> but I specifically put her in there to show them that this this is what we're talking about when we mean capacity. Sorry guys, I set you up for that one. And the coaches too. I lost some sleep over that one. That one was tough for me. <laughs> that was but I think as a coach too, it was like, man, I need to be more confident in the directions that I'm giving to these guys and saying, hey, no, that's a bad choice. You're going to be more successful doing this. But then you brought it up in another podcast, I think, or maybe in a conversation with somebody is that Where that Karen, also gave you an yeah. opportunity to evolve as a coach because it put you in a in an uncomfortable situation yeah. where you had to convince these people that it was okay to put that 20 pound ball back and choose a 14. Yeah. You know, when you would pick a 20 pound ball any other given day. Yeah. And all of a sudden they turn around and they're like, thanks coach. You're right. Yeah. You know, so there's lots of great stuff to come from moments like that, not only for the athletes, but for the coaches too. Yeah. 
And I think people are getting better at wobbles because of that day. Because I think they realize that, hey, I don't need to do the RX weight as written by CrossFit. Um, I need to pick something that's going to allow me to do a large volume like the coach. And now you truly experience Karen the way Karen is supposed to be. Yeah. I saw one person truly experience Karen and she literally said, I never want to do that workout ever again. Because she... People would ask me what my Karen time was and I'd tell them it was like 4.05 was my PR. And then we would run it in class and we'd have like 10 or 12 minutes to get it done. Yeah. But that's when they were just using the 14.20 that was written on the whiteboard as Karen is written. Yeah. But the thing is, is now we pull that back and they're using an 8-pound ball or a 12-pound ball and they're hitting minutes. that four-minute Karen. Welcome to Karen. That's how Karen and is supposed to feel. Flattening them out. Yeah. 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 I... I really love this principle. I truly do. I think, and I have tried several different things over the years in terms of like what direction I've taken the programming and what sort of changes I've implemented, you know, and things like that. This one is probably my favorite yeah. because it kind of is all inclusive in terms of like incorporating the athletes and the coaches who need to now work together versus the monkey standing at the board, reading the board. Yeah. I was just going to say it definitely makes us as coaches more invested. Yeah. Which is and not, and not to say we weren't before, but just invested in a different way. Cause we want you to be successful because we've now just stood there saying, Hey, this is what it should look like. And we need to now follow through. Yeah. And you're right. It is like this partnership between coach and athlete to make sure they are successful. Yeah. There we go. Rx and scaled. So now you know. No matter how you do the workout, if you're hitting those goals, that yeah. Right oh yeah. So that was something that we didn't oh, yeah. touch on. Is like, it doesn't matter what you do in order to get to that goal. If you hit the goal, you did it as prescribed. And so we would have people coming up and being like, "Oh, I did this workout scaled," or they would punch scaled. You know, even though their time domain fell within the goal that we were talking about. But they would write like, oh, I only used the eight pound ball or I only did pull ups from a band or something like that. Or it's I like, only did 10 reps instead of 20 reps or yeah, whatever was written. But that's not the point. It doesn't matter how you like what you had to do to get there. The fact is that you got there and that makes it as prescribed. Yeah. Well, and I think and I think this is one reason why I liked CrossFit when I started, because it felt like you were coming and being coached as an individual, but you're in that group setting. And I think when we set our programming up like this, that just takes that to the next level, right? Because it is now, I am customizing this workout for myself. I am still getting all that individualized coaching during the class to some extent, right? That changes a little bit differently um, depending on what the workout is, but we're trying to touch on you as an individual. And then you also have that group thing. So, <laughs> wow. I just leave you speechless. I was just like, wow. But it is, like, essentially, when you really dial it in and you're creating this workout for yourself to get the same thing that everybody else is supposed to be getting out of it, it just looks different. And you know what? Like, and I just, this just kind of crossed my mind, too, is that we always, we always talk about, like, oh, when you finish the workout, turn around and help somebody you know, that's still going cheer them on. That doesn't happen very often anymore no. because everybody is literally finishing at the same time. Yeah. 
I, I there's a workout last yeah it was last it was the one where everyone was finishing within like 45 seconds of another yes. it's like somebody would fit time and then they'd fall over That's- and then so then from the other end time and they'd fall over and or like, like three are yelling time at the same time and you're like oh my god by the time that those two people got up the whole class was done yeah. so like they didn't even have the chance to go and cheer somebody on because everybody was, was finishing just coming <laughs> Those are fun. But in the same breath, when there is that one or two, those one or two people who are still finishing and they do need to be cheered on, like not to say that that's a lost workout or you did something wrong. Um, That's just that learning opportunity, right? To make adjustments in the future and, and to learn about yourself. And I think I like asking that question some days when we do miss that mark is like, okay, if you could do that again, what would you do differently? And I'd throw it back on the athlete to see if they knew kind of where they faltered and, and what they could do to hit that goal. I think one of the last points when I think back to like February and things that came up in February um, had to do with the throwdown and the carryover of this programming into the throwdown. Um, that if there's never any loads up on the board, how do our competitive athletes know what they can do so that when the throwdown comes and they don't have a choice on the loading that they have to use, will they measure up to it? And I I was just like, it just comes back to you have a better understanding of yourself and you have now at least taken the time to explore other, like other loaded, you know what I mean? Like you're now working at different loads that you might not have before and you might be working heavier in one workout. Faster. Yeah. And that, and, and yeah, because if anything about the throwdown is like, we now need to complete work as fast as we can. Yeah. And so you now have been building your capacity for all this time leading up to that. You will have the strength, like have the confidence that you will have the strength and be you're now going to be even more faster than if you just were robotic and read the whiteboard every day. Yeah. And you slugged away your 65 pound thrusters. Cause you know that 65 pound thrusters will be in the throwdown. Yeah. And now you, the only thing about that, you now know is you can do a 65 pound thruster, but you can't do it fast. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Should we make the announcement of our upcoming competition plans? You and I, Speaking of competitions, she's looking at me with this blank stare. It was your idea today when you came in. I didn't know that we were committed. Well, I think we need to commit. Are we committing? Well, we have to now. (laughs) Well, okay. This is why I brought it up because they could, we could run a little contest and they could come up with a team name for us. That's why I brought it up. (laughs) All right. We're committed there. You can announce Okay. Whitney and I are... Teaming up for... Finally, guys, we're competing together. For voodoo. We said we never would. We even said that on the podcast, that we wouldn't be good partners. Well, now we're liars. Nope, we're stepping outside of our... We're either liars or our friendship is about to bust up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. When you get to experience my true competitive colors. You already said we're just doing it for fun. Well, I also said that to Nicole, too. I'm sure Nicole could attest to... We might, what that truly her and I means. might have to start a support group. Maybe? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think I said, yeah, Nicole, let's compete just for fun. And then somewhere in the workout, I was like, men will die for points. <laughs> this was your idea. 
You asked me if I wanted to do it with you. I was going to ask you, but I didn't want to. And I didn't, but here we are. Okay, so we're competing. And we need a team name. And we need a team name, so please submit your team names for Coach Whitney and Coach Darren. And we will choose the best one. Okay. Yeah. See, I thought that was a good idea. Okay. Well, we'll see what we get. Yeah, they better be good names, guys. Somebody will put one with, like, shitty or something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So just to wrap up, if you have any feedback on – and I'm going to kind of maybe look at our veteran members for this, our more seasoned athletes. If you have any feedback on, like, our whole RX and scaled – sort of directional change with our programming. We'd love to hear it. Um, hopefully this has given you a little bit more understanding of what goes on behind the scenes and why we've done what we've done other than just to piss off some of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then even our new members listening, like I know the whole RX and scale thing didn't really mean anything to you prior to coming here, but um, hopefully you, you now have a better understanding of what it means, you know, when the coach is standing up at the beginning of the class and telling you what we're trying to achieve and, you know, how awesome that feels at the end of the class when you do hit that goal. So yeah, we just wanted to give you the, we've been sitting on this podcast for March, April, May, June, five months Yeah, <laughs> recorded, deleted, and now we've recorded it again. I think this comes at a better time, though. This I think more so, This is more relevant too. and more current. All right. Episode 18. Thanks for listening. Submit your cool uh, team names for us. <laughs>